You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Curtain up, theater people, and welcome to your program is your ticket coming to you from the Hell's Kitchen area of Midtown Manhattan, right in the middle of Broadway. My name is Sean Chandler, and I'll be your host. Your program is your ticket is a discussion of smaller theater works and the people and organizations that make it happen. As many of you know, your program is your ticket is a helpful system where your program is literally your ticket to get into the theater in smaller, more intimate productions. It's these works we like to highlight, and it's our goal on this show to feature as many of these productions as possible while still discussing the biggies. I love theater and see as much as I can wherever I go. During the travels of the production of my husband and my play, Out the Flash, I've met many wonderful people from all over the world in the theater community, and it is my honor to bring them on as guests to the show. Tonight's guest is multifaceted theater powerhouse Amy Ostriker. Amy writes, acts, and is a frequent motivational speaker, and she does so many other things as well. And I can't wait to talk with her about her amazing career. Now, before I bring Amy on, I'd like to hand out some options for getting great ticket prices to Broadway shows. Now, many people tell me that their budget seems too tight for tickets to a big Broadway show. However, there are substantial savings that are available through various Broadway discount ticket resources. Here's a few tips. Um, Broadway discount tickets can be purchased at a TKTS booth, and they are typically about 25 to 50% off full price, meaning you'll pay about $85 to $100 per ticket or even less. Um, now, the, the TKTS booths are the red booths that you see in Times Square, and there's a few other of them that are located in the city, and I'll, I'll go on about that in just a second. Now, also, you can... Um, uh, subscribe to different Broadway discount ticket letters and news sites, and those will usually give you about 25 to 50% off full price as well, meaning you'll pay about, again, $85 to $100 per ticket or even less. Now, my friend Ellen Margulies, uh, who is a theater buddy and whose uh, husband Howard Margulies has done an interview on this show, she subscribes to everything, and she's always uh, talking to me about how she's got um, deals through email and um, that's how she saves money on theater. So she's she's a great lady, and uh, I love her for that. She's always like, hey, Sean, I got 50% off on this show, and it's it's great. So um, now, again, as I was talking about the TKTS booths, now there are two in Manhattan. There's one in Times Square and another downtown near the South Street Seaport and one in Brooklyn offering the discount Broadway tickets. Now, do note, matinee tickets are available the day before at the downtown and Brooklyn locations, but same-day tickets are only available at the Times Square booth. Now, for those of you who that might sound familiar, um, if you look at webcams or if you've been to Times Square, you'll notice that there's like a big 
there's like all these red steps that go up in the middle of it. The TKTS booth is located right underneath that. So um, there you go. Now, also there are standing room only and rush ticket policies that are available uh, typically on the, the at the same day performance. And um, what you want to do is check with your Broadway uh, theater websites like uh, Broadway World or Broadway.com or Playbill. And usually if you click on the show, we'll let you know if they have standing room or rush tickets available. Not every theater has a standing room area. Um, so, so please do that. Um, those are usually around $35 at the box office. And usually with rush, you have to go up and say, I would like a rush ticket. And that's typically like 30 minutes before the show. Um, now, some of these are distributed uh, by lottery. Uh, lottery is kind of a, a big thing, and um, I think it was really heightened by the success of Hamilton. Um, so, just so you know, uh, I tried entering the Hamilton lottery about for about three months straight, and no dice. But other lotteries are a little easier to get into. Um, but do keep in mind, it's a bit of a try-your-luck option, um, and uh, you have to know that lotteries are also for same day and typically you have to buy your ticket within an hour or so of winning the lottery so just know that that's a same day option as well um also uh there are rush tickets available for students with id and uh, uh for seniors as well if you have an id sometimes they'll be a little a little bit more free with uh, rush tickets with those two particular categories also you can uh sign up for uh, TDF. TDF stands for the Theater Development Fund. It operates the TKTS, TKTS booths in New York City. Um, but it's also uh, a service that you can sign up for. It's online. I know that they have an app. And it's available. Now, you do have to sign up for it, but it's available for full-time students, full-time teachers, uh, graduates, 26 years of age or under, full-time union members, uh, retirees, no longer working, 62 years of age or older, and full-time civil service employees, uh, full-time staff members of nonprofits, full-time non-exempt employees, full-time hourly workers, 40 hours a week, um, who are eligible for overtime pay, full-time performing arts prof professionals, members of the armed forces, freelancers, and full-time clergy. Gosh, that seems like pretty much everybody. Now, um, as of 2016, mem membership was $34 uh, for the first year and $30 for subsequent years. And um, they have a national membership for people who live uh, more than 100 miles from New York City that's a little bit cheaper. And they'll, you'll sometimes get tickets for, I don't know, up to 70% off of the regular price uh, with a range of like $9 to $47. So... There you go. I'm not making any promises on this show. I'm just sort of giving you the information uh, to make it easier for you to see the shows. So uh, that that address is tdf.org. Um, uh, that's Tom Dog Frank, uh, tdf.org. Uh, you can go on and see if you can get in, and um, it's great. So if none of that works, go and see an off-Broadway show or an off-off-Broadway show. Um, they The ticket prices are usually cheaper, and the shows can be equally as entertaining and edifying when I used to come to uh, California, or I'm sorry, uh, to New York from California, when I lived in California, I would actually always allow for an off or off off Broadway show because it's a, it's a different experience and the shows are such, such great quality. And just so you know, they have a lot of deals for off and off off Broadway shows on TDF as well, which brings your cost even lower. So 
there you go. There's there's my um, my theater service for for this particular show, and I don't know, probably for the month. And anyways, um, I like to bring Amy on, and Amy is um, a powerhouse, and she does so many different things. I don't even know how how to really apply a, a sort of job description for her. So let's bring her on so she can talk about it herself. Folks, please welcome to the show the prolifically talented Amy Ostriker. Hi, Amy, and welcome to your program is your ticket. Hey, Sean. Thanks for having me. I loved your little intro. I'm actually a member of TDF myself. Awesome. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's so wonderful and and um you know I don't know if you've ever had that experience where you're like oh you should go see the show and people are like I can't afford to go see a Broadway show oh, of course <laughs> and so it's it's uh it's it's nice to be able to hopefully fill people in and again it works for off and off Broadway shows as well so mm-hmm. we we, yeah. we we like our audiences now Amy tell us a little bit about yourself and your creative theater passion. My creative theater passion. I was born doing musical theater. I mean, I couldn't imagine, you know, when you have that passion, I couldn't imagine uh, loving anything else. I mean, from the time I knew how to talk and think and, and create, I just was drawn to that whole world. I think I just, you know, I loved making things. I loved you know, I did claymation, you know, as soon as I got a hold of my father's camcorder, you know, I wrote uh. skits, I directed my friends in them. And then, you know, once my parents took me, you know, to Les Mis as a little girl, oh my God, I saw that so many times. I went on eBay and got like, you know, 13 different languages of it. Um, you know, musical theater was really my identity and I had such a passion for the stage and, and just, um, and playwriting, you know, as, as a little kid, I, I always kind of looked at the world as, as, you know, something that I could create from, you know, a world full of stories. And I think I always had that, um, curiosity as a kid, you know, like, what what lies under this? Um, and I was always asking questions. And when I couldn't get answers to those questions, I think it would just um, force me to uh, create more and and write more. Um, and you know, and and my parents were you know very supportive um, and took me you know for all the carpooling for dance rehearsals and play rehearsals and voice lessons and everything. And and they took me to see, you know, a lot of shows as a kid, which was always, you know, looked at as such a special, you know, event, you know, getting dressed up, going to the theater, you know, opening the playbill, you know, seeing if there were any flips for the understudy in that performance. Um, So I, I just always knew that, this was just a, a major part of my life and really uh, who I was. Um, so, so that was my passion for the stage as a kid. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, you know, what got me through uh, my later years <laughs> when I went back to it. <laughs> <laughs> now, did, did, did you take a break from, from theater 
is that is that what I'm hearing? Um. Well, yes, but um, but because of you know life circumstances, so you know what ended up happening was you know I was you know kind of was like every teenager had my life all planned out and. You know, I applied to all the musical theater schools I wanted to get into, and I actually got into the um, musical theater program at um, uh, Michigan, um, which I was so excited about, and, and Northwestern, and I was debating between those two. And, you know, the week before I was supposed to, you know, make a decision, you know, I had, like, a very bad... Uh, medical episode which you know they're still sure not sure exactly you know what caused it that I had um you know a blood clot um that just caused me to be in severe pain um in that April of my senior year and that blood clot you know turned into something that would cause me to fall into a coma um, for for about um, you know a few months, and apparently, you know it was um, you know it it was some kind of medical term, but but it, it caused my stomach to literally explode, um, and so when wow. I woke up months later, um, doctors told me that I didn't have a stomach anymore, and I couldn't eat or drink. And they didn't know when or if I'd ever be able to again. Um, so wow. this, was, this was coming, you know, I'd never really been in a hospital before. Um, you know, I'd never really been sick as a kid. So, you know, in my head, I was just in dance class, you know, hopping and skipping and, and you know, stressing out about what college to go to. This was a totally new reality that my family had already gotten used to at this point. Um, so, you know, it was a, it was a lot to process at once, um, especially you know the idea of you know where do I go from here. Um, wow. But but that but that's another story. But anyway, to make a very long story short, um, that was a major detour and you know I also didn't understand that from bed rest you know your muscles just turn to jello so it just didn't make sense to me you know that you know I couldn't do anything that I did before and no one was talking about college or or anything and you know but I gotta say you know, obviously the doctors in my family uh, were amazing but but theater really got me through. Um, I think my mom said that one of the first things I said once I could talk again is, you know, if I miss the Tonys. <laughs> <laughs> um, one, one little nice story uh, in the hospital, actually, is, um, you know, when I was, well, you know, before all this, when I was uh, 15, um, I actually discovered that yeah, was a really big musical theater dork so I like going on eBay and like buying cassettes of musical theater uh -huh. shows just to have them 
And that's how I discovered falsettos by, you know, William Finn. Sure. And, you know, back to the, the original one. And I was so amazed by by this show, um, how it really just captured a family. Then I, I found a contact for him, and I wrote him this, like, 15-page email, like, analyzing the entire script and telling him, you know, how obsessed I was with it and how it changed my life. And one Saturday night, I was practicing ballet in my basement. He, uh, he called me, and he said, I don't usually do this, but I was really touched by your letter. And so, you know, the nice part is, uh, well, when I was in a coma, my mom actually called him and told him what had happened to me. And so, um, because, you know, I fell into a coma before I graduated high school, um, you, I ended up having my high school graduation in the ICU and Bill Finn came to be part of it, which was really sweet of him. No way. That's Um, great. Yeah, no, he's a great guy. Um, but, um, you know, as soon as I could start singing again, I, you know, I was staying in the hospital and then a month after I was discharged from the ICU, um, a local theater was uh, having auditions for Oliver and I was so weak, you know, I couldn't eat or drink. So I was on IV nutrition. Um, I was like yellow, I had bags and tubes and wires all over me. But, you know, I somehow convinced my parents to let me just audition just because it would be a good experience. And so I auditioned and I ended up belting out a song um, and I ended up thinking to myself, man, like that was pretty good. Mm-hmm. And then they called me and they ended up giving me Nancy. Whoa. Um, <laughs> they double cast me because I, in case I like died or something, <laughs> but, uh, but you know, we were all nervous about it, but it was really a gift because that's what theater is, you know, that, and that's exactly what I needed. It gave me. Yeah, it gave me community right after the hospital. Sure. And even though, you know, I still was unable to drink, you know, I didn't have a digestive system. So, like, you know, no water breaks or anything like that. Um, so, you know, it was difficult have, seeing everyone, like, eat and have water bottles and, you know, you know, a lot of kind of missing my old life. But... But it was also a way to go forward. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, I still wasn't all, like, physically there. I couldn't do all the dancing. But I could still sing. Um, And and theater really saved me. And then a year later, um, I was still dealing with, you know, all these medical things and tubes and wires. But, you know, I had been working on my strength, you know, all year. And... um, I built up enough strength to do a, a local production of Cats and be able to dance and jump and all that. So, you know, theater was really how I found myself again after my world changed forever. And, you know, I had to kind of create a new identity. And then mm-hmm. that all came to, like, the full blast when... Um, 
when in 2012 I wrote, uh, you know, Gutless and Grateful, which is uh, the one woman musical about my life, which I premiered in um, at the Triad in New York right. in 2012. And that was a really big deal for me because it was the first time I was really telling my story uh, from my own perspective in a medium that, that I always loved. And, you know, as a playwright, I've gone on to other things, but I've been uh, performing Gutless and Grateful consistently for, you know, for, you know, five or six years. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Uh, all over the country, um, you know, no, as a way to get other people to start sharing their own story, too. Um, so it's been a really uh, remarkable experience. Yeah, it says here that you, even though you, you tour the show all over, that you're available for performances for patients in recovery, doctors, mm-hmm. med students, uh, college campuses, uh, artists, creators, writers, storytellers, spirituality. Uh, survivors of sexual assault, high school students, trauma-informed programming for PTSD warriors, and corporate events and leadership. That is a that's casting a a wide net. How did you write the show to be so to cover so many um, uh, factions? Well, that's the thing. I didn't write the show to cover any of that. Um, I put the show together originally because I just wanted to, you know thing about what had happened to me and I I went back through all my journaling I had done uh, through all these years and you know it was very nerve wracking you know I had never sure. really um, been on stage by myself like that before where it was all me and my story um, I think the discovery when I premiered the show was that you know I, I knew my story was in the news and I always felt like this freak thing, you know, because what, you know, my stomach exploding, that's not like a sickness or a typical diagnosis, you know. Right, yeah. It was kind of a freak thing. Um, and I never felt relatable. Also, you know, you have to imagine living, you know, all these years in the real world but feeling so apart from it when you can't have a simple thing like food or drink because you're on IV nutrition, you know, it was a very, you know, the, the IVs were giving me the calories, but you know, hunger is a psychological thing too. Um, and you know, I always just felt different and you know, that I didn't get to go to college and, and you know, just apart from the world. And, but the wonderful thing about theater is and you know reframing your story through writing is it really put my story into a universal narrative where suddenly it wasn't about you know the specific you know incident that I'd been through but the idea that everyone's felt frustration everyone's felt anger 
everyone's encountered obstacles and this is how you form resilience. And so after I premiered the show, you know, the audience members came up to me and you know, people started telling me their own stories of, you know, I haven't been through what you've been through specifically, but I've been through this and this mess. And, you know, that was really a light bulb moment for me when I saw that, you know, wow, you know, all we really need to heal is to be able to be given the space to, to tell our stories. And so that inspired me to first, my first like venture out of theaters was I took it to a storytelling conference. Um, and then with some encouragement there, um, I started taking it to schools and telling my story and, and then like creating a program to, to get other people to start using creativity to start putting their stories, you know, into words and into arts and being able to share it and, and start a dialogue and get these issues out there. Um, and then, you know, that turned into colleges and then, you know, one thing leads to another. I don't plan anything anymore. Um, but I never expected, I de- let's just say I definitely did not write this show um, thinking in my head, oh, I'm going to market it to uh, this, this, and this. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, you know, uh, I, I, I myself have been to um, therapy, and one of my therapists said to me, everyone struggles with something. And I, I personally think that's that's right. Maybe we don't see it uh, uh, physically on them, but but it's definitely there. And I think that that's that. I think people. Do you think people feel empathy when they're watching your show? Do you think that they're uh, that because of what they're struggling with inside or could be, they're connecting with you on that level? Well, yeah, and, and I always say, you know, I don't want people to be inspired by my story. You know, I want them to be empowered by it. Um, I want them to relate to some kind of craziness I went through and, and be like, wow, you know, I could, you know, I could do that too. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, yeah, empathy is what makes theater so amazing because, you know, it's an experience. It requires full engagement of the audience, and I think we're in a very empathetic place. Wow. Well, uh, I love that you, as a result of this, have created sort of your own ism out of this. Um, detourism. Yes. And you you talk a lot about on your website about about uh, a detourist. Tell us about what it's like to be a detourist and what that means. Well, I didn't really think of that until you know I had some you know reflective space. Um, (laughs) You know because I think you know for a while we're all entitled when life goes, you know, not as we expect to think like, why me, why me, you know, and those feelings are going to be natural, but you know, as the years went by and I saw what had come out of this and what I had done. And and even if I made a list of the people in my life now that would have never been, you know, had this never happened, you know, when people, 
you asked, used to ask me, um, what would you be doing now if your stomach didn't explode? I would be able to answer like, oh, I would have gone to you know, musical theater um, at um, University of Michigan and probably moved to the city and auditioned and all of that. And who knows? Um, but now it's like you're asking for two totally different, you know, lives. Like I, I, I couldn't tell you who I would have been. Um, had this not happened because, you know, this is my life now. Sure. Um, and so that um, had me start um, approaching this all as, you know, this was definitely an unexpected detour in my life, but I took it cause, really just because I didn't have a choice. Um, but the gift of that detour was, you know, all of these beautiful things that I never would have probably experienced um and so i decided that like a detourist you know takes that unexpected route in their life um and they embrace it with curiosity um and it doesn't mean you know i think people mistake that attitude sometimes with um like positive thinking Mm -hmm. um and i'm i'm really the last person to say you know, just put a smile on and be grateful and and keep going because, you know, when life, you know, takes an unexpected turn, um, there's going to be frustration, there's going to be anger. And I think I've learned, um, you know, myself that if you just try to smile over that and say you're not entitled to feel that anger or that unfairness, you know, those things just eat away at you and somehow we're stalled and and we don't know why and we don't know how to move beyond that. So the key is, you know, on a detour, you know, you feel all that anger, you feel all that fear and sadness, you and grief that you don't have the life you want, but you channel that into creativity. Right. You know, you get all those feelings out because it's not healthy when it stays in. But, but use it to create. Um, you don't have to be an artist, you know? Right. But, but, but it's all energy. You know, that's all those emotions are. So use it and share it with the world because Lord knows someone else feels that too. Um, and I think when I started, uh, you know, learning that, I think that's when I did get that empathy when I could, you know, not keep those angry feelings in, but but get them out in in a way I knew how, you know, through through theater, um, and and that's how I form connections with people because we all feel those things, mm-hmm. uh, you know. Um, so I think that was why Gutless and Grateful was really a you know, a transformative event, you know, for me too. Um, and eventually, you know, I did get, you know, those things I thought I would never get, you know, like I, I graduated college last year at 30 years old. Congratulations. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, and you know, I, I gave a Ted talk, um, about being a detourist and how life doesn't always go as you expect. And, that's how I ended up uh, finding my husband and getting married. And then after that TED Talk, I got divorced. Uh, so there's, 
there is always something right. that comes up unexpected. And But the thing with uh, being a detourist is you just stay curious and you take one step at a time. And that's all. <laughs> well, well, it's terrific. I mean, it, uh, to me, it feels very much like um, uh, there are no really no excuses to do what you want to do. And I, right. and I think that that, um, that enables drive, which I think is something that is definitely a requirement to succeeding in theater. You have to have it. Oh yes. And resilience. Right. <laughs> yeah. You do. I mean, you're, you're going to hit so many setbacks that, um, like your, your situation is one where it's like, Hey, um, I've learned this and I understand it and I understand that there are obstacles and roadblocks, but I've got to overcome them. You've got to overcome them. If you want to be successful, that's what you have to do. And you have to have perspective too. Um, you know, you have to know how to take a hit and, you know, feel that disappointment and, you know, and then, all right, when you're ready to come back, come back, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> Yeah. So, yeah, definitely. Uh, I always tell everyone that I have, as a writer, because I also am a writer in addition to doing this show, but yep. I, I have a, a two-day pity party rule. When I don't, uh-huh. when I don't get my way, when I don't uh, you know, get accepted for a project or I don't do well in a competition or something, I allow, allow myself two days to cry and complain to my husband and eat whatever I want and watch junk TV and and then it's back on the horse. (laughs) Yeah. You know, give yourself that space. You know, I, I always say, you know, saying you're fine. Are you really fine? You know, have your temper tantrum and only you know how to get that out. Um, If I said I was positive all the time, I can tell you right now, he'd be flat out lying. <laughs> you know, I always think that, like, when, when somebody goes through a serious illness or something and, and there's another person who says, well, you know, I've just never heard that person complain ever. They're a saint. I'm think in my mind, I'm thinking, maybe this is unfair, but I'm thinking, that feels like bullshit to me. Because I think everybody feels that way. And everybody, from time to time is cranky and needs to complain, especially going through something so, um, so overwhelming as that. Yeah. You got to talk about it. You got to get it out. Right. Um, and before you can even talk about it, you know, words are kind of the last thing that can come. Sometimes it's just a, a scream because that's how it starts. It starts as energy. And for a while, um, it was me just painting a lot of red like doodles on canvas until I could find words that that was anger, you know. Right. So we all we all have to find our own way, and huh. I think for a lot of us, theater is a huge way. Uh, now you also, and you just since you just brought that up, you also are an artist. Did you ever intend to be an artist or or no, a painter? No, no, no. I mean, I was never really a visual artist. Mm -hmm. Again, that was like another detour. Um, I, after my 13th surgery, that was when I was supposed to get hooked up to eat. Uh, It was called reconstruction surgery. We, we found this great surgeon. Um, we thought he made me a digestive system. 
a week later it exploded and I was stuck at Yale Hospital um, for four months while doctors kind of fiddled around and figured out what to do, um, which is actually uh, the uh, subject of the newest uh, theater piece I'm creating, actually. But, but anyway, for those four months, you know, imagine that I thought I was finally past all of this. And now I was back to square one. Um, and my mother, you know, I really do have an amazing family that, you know, I was, you know, 18, 19, 20 in hospitals. I basically never spent one night in a hospital by myself. You know, I always had my parents or one of my three brothers there, which is really um, amazing. But anyway, my mom and I really bonded <laughs> For those four months, we were stuck in Yale Hospital together, and yeah, that'll do like, it, <laughs> right? Yeah. And you know, like any you know Jewish mother trying to that can't feed her kids, you know, she would just buy things, um, and so she would buy all these art supplies. And I was just, I was so angry. I mean, God, ask any nurse in at Yale at that time. I was just a nervous, angry wreck. Um, you know, I just was mad and I wanted to give up and then I think one morning I reached just a point of surrender where you know where your emotions are just so heavy that you can't just numb out to them anymore and I remember the paintbrush was there um and I remember thinking to myself I have no idea what I'm doing with this paintbrush right now and my hand was like shaking um, and I'm like, okay, like it was really, it was really, oh my God, I feel all this emotion and it's just too much for my body right now. I gotta get it out in this paintbrush. And I made my very first painting uh, called Singing the Tree. And which is so funny because it was created at such a time of grief and despair. But now when I display it, it's, People just see this happy, joyous painting of this dancing tree. And for me, that really shows me the transformative power of art. That, you know, that's what creativity does. You know, it's a way to transform those emotions. Um, and visual art for those four months really became my voice. And by the time I was discharged from Yale, I made about 70 mixed media paintings um, and put up an art show uh, when I got home. And yeah, I've been painting like crazy since then. I teach art and I've never, I refuse to take a one studio art class because I think for me, the, be the beauty of art is, you know, I'm not thinking, you know, I'm just, it's a way that the canvas can teach me lessons about you know, where I need to go next or however I'm feeling. And it's my, it's my place where I can just make messes and, and just deal with them. Um, and that's how it teaches me uh, lessons about life. And you know how that's connecting to theater now is um, I'm actually working uh, with a director on, um, you know, uh Another piece about, you know, what happened, but from a different lens, um, from how 
visual art can really be um, be a lifesaver, and and it's going to involve live painting and my original music and some puppetry, and I'm really excited for that. <laughs> That's so fun. Yeah, that's great. It's a great way to present it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's it's multimedia. Now, now you are also a writer, and you're a blogger for uh, among many other elements that you write for a blogger for Huffington Post, and you are a uh, cabaret reviewer contributor for Broadway World. Yep. And so you have, I'm sure, some you know. Uh, Above and beyond your work and what you do, I'm sure you have opinions about what's going on in the theater community in general. So why don't we talk about those? Um, What do you think is an important direction theater is taking right now? Well, I I gotta say that I'm loving, you know, women playwrights um, speaking up and um, having our work done and and fighting more for for our work to be seen, and I'm loving some of the new plays that are coming up. So I I do hope that um, that trend continues, um, and and that you know we we start talking about you know what's going on in in society. We continue that conversation about um, you know what current events are going on and and make theater you know relevant um, to that and and hopefully they'll have it change or affect us <laughs> sure yeah um, are there any particular shows on your radar outside of your own work that you feel are exemplifying this new vision or direction of theater well I mean I I love you know, I reviewed Indecent when it was on. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I'm still thinking about that. And I think it really did, especially when it was, ex- when it was extended, I think it really did um, make an impact, hopefully. And, um, you know, I also uh, recently did a, an interview with Christopher Ashley. Mm-hmm. Um, he directed I Come From Way. And, you know, that's another trend that, you know, I hope continues um you know, storytelling, um, real stories. Um, I was so touched by, by the, you know, how that entire musical was done. Um, so, you know, I really hope that, um, you know, real stories of the people all around us and, you know, in times of crisis and, you know, and in times of, you know, unexpected good, um, I hope uh, those keep playing out on stage. Oh, terrific. I... I love both of those shows. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I thought that they were terrific. Um, <clears throat> I'm very definitely a very much well-deserved um, Tony Awards for both of those directors, I thought. Uh, just yeah. So, um, so, so I, I hate this phrase, but it's the only thing I could think of right now. So out of the box, so inventive. Um, uh-huh. And I remember watching Come From Away and thinking, this show never stops moving. You know, and mm-hmm. which was, I, right. which I thought was ironic because it really is about things coming to a full and complete stop. Yeah, right. it never stops moving, and uh, that that uh, 
solo by Jen Colella. The only thing I didn't like about that show was that we didn't get to clap after Jen Colella's solo. As, as oh, the, yeah, yeah, right. Uh, were you, right. <laughs> you thinking that? Were you like, oh, my God, I really want to clap no, her? And, totally just, right. <laughs> and, of course, I have to give a shout out to you. I got to see the, the first premiere of Falsettos this season, and oh. I thought it was just amazingly done. Oh, so good. Amazing. Huh? Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. I saw. I th- I think I saw the first premiere of Falsettos as well. We were oh, there. Yeah? yeah, we were there on the same night. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Look at that. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> that that is that is such a, a terrific show and and great talent. And I I I love that show. I mean, my husband saw the show not with me that night, but he was in absolute tears by the end. Oh my God! I mean, I've I've been obsessed with that since I was fifteen. So, also to see something that you've only like dreamed about—that was definitely an experience for me. Yeah, and and sensational talent in that show. Oh, completely! Yeah, completely. Yeah, I I love Stephanie J. Block, and she's on my short list for who I want to win a Tony Award. But oh, she's amazing. Uh, she she is she really is terrific. And if, if I didn't think that that uh, Rachel Bay Jones edged her out just a teeny tiny bit. I mean, Dear Evan, yeah. Have you seen Dear Evan Hansen? No, oh. I have not. I have not. Uh, I, I admit, I have to though. Oh my gosh, <laughs> she's she is, in my opinion, their secret weapon. And and that's about uh, someone who is really overcoming right, anxieties right. and things like that. So so uh, you're absolutely definitely right on. So there you go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what now? Um, uh, what do you think when you've been involved in in smaller productions of theater? And I assume you have um, yeah. with your own show and and others. What do you think is the best part of being involved with the smaller productions? Smaller production, like um, smaller theater companies, smaller like actual ensemble casts. Um, just just something that's not in the like say Broadway realm or the the big house touring realm. You know what I mean? Right. I mean, I think what's important is that no matter what kind of theater company you're a part of, that sense of community that. God, I appreciated more than ever uh, you after feeling so alienated from the human race because of because of the circumstances. I mean, it's a support group like you'll never get. You know, when you're working on a show together, when you're waiting for that open night, when you're fighting and crying and checking until you know two a.m. Uh. Um, you know, it's that same process of sitting on the first day with scripts in hand and then you know in a group huddle just as you're you're about to go on um and again you know doing my solo show has been you know a ton of fun um but you know while I was you know while I'm touring on the road like I always miss uh being in a group production um and and having to you know really collaborate and devise as an ensemble, mm-hmm. um, you know, nothing can take that feeling away. Right. Yeah. There's, it, it feels like everybody's all in it and people will jump in even when it's not their quote unquote job description. 
Exactly. You yeah. and, and anything can happen. And that's okay because it's theater. It's the best for people that don't want to follow rules. <laughs> right. <laughs> now, you should put that on Facebook because that's really a smart quote. <laughs> I love it's that. It's true. <laughs> no. um, what should every theatrical artist, writer, director, actor, technician be doing right now to be relevant and successful in the industry? With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I hate to say it to get on social media, but you should. I mean, I'm trying to take a little break from it now. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but everyone really needs to at least, you know, get a, you know, get get a Facebook business page or, you know what, get a Twitter account. I resisted for so long, but not even as a way to promote yourself. It's a very good way to keep up with the latest trends in the industry. And also, you know, follow a lot of um, theater companies and, and theater artists that have careers that you would like and notice what they're doing. It's a good way to listen um, and to get ideas. That that was really um, an unexpected find for me because I thought Twitter was only like if you wanted to follow like the Kardashians or something. <laughs> and unfortunately, it's become. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Follow, okay, following yeah. him, but it but it but it does have yeah, a lot yeah. of great benefits for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's true. We just we just we just need to pull back that component just a little bit. A little bit. Which is what he should be doing anyways, because he should be running the country and not, you know, tweeting like a Kardashian. <laughs> Right. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's, and that's so true, Amy. It's like I remember I uh, connected with a friend of mine that I worked with way like, I don't know, when I was like 21 or 22 and I'm 52 now. And um, it was like she was a, a cocktail waitress that I worked with when I was a bartender. It was another cocktail waitress who always wanted to be an actress. And this lady said, oh, so-and-so still wants to become an actress. And she's... She's doing everything that she can. And I was like, well, what's her Facebook page? Oh, she's not on Facebook. And I thought, what? If you're, if you're, yeah. trying, if you're trying to have a successful acting career, you need to have a, a web page, be on Facebook, oh, yeah. be on Twitter, be on everything you possibly can to get yourself out there. Right, and, right. <laughs> no, uh, it's true. You know, that being said, also, you know, take care of yourself and know when it's time to, you know, take a break from, from, you know, various memes, but, but yes, you know, for your business, you really, you really need to have those pages. And if that's not so much your personality, then just approach it as, you know, for my business, these are my ads, you know, this is what I have to do. Um, but, but today to be seen, you need that. And, you know, when people hire you and they're looking for 
you know, how much of a, you know, a lot of these places want to know how much marketing you'll do, um, you know, how much you'll bring in, you know, they'll be sure. monitoring those things. Oh, absolutely. Totally. Um, yeah. And, you know, you, you, you said the key word, which is business. Right. Because it, it is a business and you have to be business savvy. And I, I just think it's, I think it's, I laugh when people say, oh, you know, I'm, I don't do those things. I'm, I'm just going to write and, you know, somebody's going to find me. And I think, well, good luck with that because you need to be participating and putting yourself out there. Right, right. And you also need to know if you're being taken advantage of and, you know, everyone needs to know a little bit about business and, you know, if they want to get into this career seriously, I would definitely say. Oh, fair. Just, just terrific, smart advice. Now, you hinted earlier that there's something new that you're working on. A few new things, actually. Do you want to tell us about those? Yes. Um, I, I, where to start? Well, I'm going to start with uh, fibers, um, which is for three years, uh, you know, the beautiful detour of Hampshire College was I ended up t- uh, doing an oral histories project uh, where I ended up learning all about oral histories and doing one on my own family. And you know, my grandmother was a Holocaust survivor. Um, so it started by me just wanting to know more about her story. I ended up uh, reaching out to family members all over the globe that I didn't even know I had. And I ended up collecting over 300 pages of oral history interviews that I transcribed. Um, And I learned amazing lessons. You know, my grandmother was 18, uh, surviving Auschwitz, which was the same age, you know, I was in a coma. And so I often, you know, and she died uh, while I was in a coma. And so I always felt like I needed closure with her. So this was really, yeah, for me too. Um, So I I ended up, um, you know, Fibers is actually uh, more of like a verbatim theater. Um, and some um, devised performance um, that I'm working on um, with a wonderful director um, that um, is using all those interviews um, you know, to tell my grandmother's story. Um, so uh, I'm really excited about that. Um, I also wait. I hold on. Um, may, may I? May I, your, your grandmother passed away when you were in your coma. Yeah. Oh my. Oh, so. I can't. That I I can't imagine waking up like you're. You go. It's almost like you fall asleep one way and you wake up and your life is completely flipped and your grandmother's passed away. Oh my god! A lot of things change. You'll have to see my show for the rest of it. Okay. Um, now that's good business right there. There you go. Um, Another. um, Actually, I. I'm working on, um, with uh, director uh, Susan Einhorn, um, a full-length uh, drama called Leftovers. Cool. Um, we, we've finished the script. We're, I'm submitting it everywhere now, but it's a, a full-length play uh, about my family and uh, how they cope through all this. And I'm, I'm really excited about this because it is actually based on my brother, Jeff. He kept a journal 
for the first 72 pages I was in a coma where he just writes down everything. And it's really powerful stuff to read. And it's also really funny. I mean, I think that's the only way we got through. Uh, to the point where the nurses thought we were all crazy. Um, but but it's a powerful drama. And I'm really excited to start um, getting that done. Um, and then um, this uh, other piece is, you know, I've, I've always wanted to do live painting on stage. Like, I think there is something so interesting about that. Um, you know, and it's, you, you don't know what can happen. I make huge messes on campus. And I wanted, you know, I wanted the visual artwork to, to show what I wanted, the story I wanted to tell, rather than just, like, tell it. Um, so this is a devised performance piece. Um, very early stages. Uh, not giving you any names yet. Um, but it's, you know, it's going to be based on my discovery of, you know, our Inyel, but it's going to really expand on on what, you know, painting and art uh, can do for our world. Um, so I'm really excited about that. And we'll, we'll be making a Patreon page soon. Uh, so stay posted on that. And then uh, the other really big last thing is uh, my book's coming out uh, at December, hopefully. Um, so I'm in the last final editing stages of that. And what I'm really excited about the book is, you know, I've told my story in a million different ways. Uh, this is a bit more than that. It's um, to cope through all this, I would really create these fantastical stories every day um, to get through. And I kind of made up this whole other world. So it's going to be, you know, kind of my memoir, kind of, all this fantasy, and um, I'm very excited for that as well. Wow. So I, I think I counted, like, you got five things going on in the future. No, no, there's more. I'm just trying to be really, really focused with what I tell you. <laughs> <laughs> I actually meant that, like, whoa. <laughs> Most people are like, well, I've got this going on and that going on or just this going on, and I will put myself in that category too. So that's incredible. The Thank you. That's, that's, that's just so amazing. And it's, it's – And, and you, know, on, you know, in addition to that and some other projects I'm not bringing up, you know, I still have uh, you know, medical, you know, unanswered questions that – you know, my amazing family is still, you know, taking me all over the country to find doctors for. Um, so, you know, it, it, not, it hasn't really ended for me. But, but you know what, I see that it's so much better um, when I have the arts to, to express it and, and get it out. And I'm completely open you know, that I'm still battling, you know, certain, you know, medical unanswered questions because, yeah, that's my life right now, and and as scary as it can be sometimes, you know, I can't, you know, fight it and pretend it's not happening. Sure. Um, but but the arts are are always there as you know an open book, and um, because I think the one thing I've learned for sure is that you know you can't wait to live now. You can't wait and say I'll be happy when. 
this surgery works. I'll be happy when I can finally eat and drink again. You know, right, yeah. the happiness has to start now because you know who knows what will happen tomorrow. You know, life is just generally so random that yep. that you're you're absolutely right. You got to live like not even in the today, but in the right now, and 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 stay present. So I, I. I I completely agree with you. I wish I was as as good at it as you are. Um, but you know what? I, I wouldn't even say I'm good at it. Um, you know, because we're allowed to have all those kind of negative emotions. I mean, luckily I have a, I have a great support system and I have great resources around me. And I think when I'm open to all of the resources around me, I mean, nature is always, you know around and the arts and 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 people you know as long as you know okay these are like five things that can get me through um i think we all can be okay you know moment by moment well, well <laughs> but we're all human well can can i say that you're good at it okay i'll take a compliment okay good <laughs> <There you go. laughs> now before you give our audience uh your social media information do you want to do a speed round with me Sure. Okay, so I'm just going to ask you some questions and just just very quickly give me an answer to them, okay? Red. Okay, what's your favorite play? Anne Frank. Oh, why? Okay, sure. Yeah, why not? Okay. Diary of Anne Frank? Yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, I think I know the answer to this question, but favorite musical? Lay Miz. I was going to say falsettos. <laughs> Oh my god, I'm so bad at this impulse stuff. Okay, keep going. Okay, favorite writer? Oh, uh, see, now the impulse stuff, you're still making show fun. Um, Michael John Lacusa. Okay, cool. Good, good choice. Favorite director? Uh, Christopher Ashley. Oh, yeah. Excellent. <laughs> and do you have a mentor? Yes, oh, well, yeah, you know. I gotta say, Bill Finn again. He's been amazing, and you know how that came full circle um, was. Eventually, he invited me to do uh, "Gutless and Grateful" as part of his cabaret series at Barrington Stage, which was really sweet. Um, and then I was just, um, you know, uh, studying at the Eugene O'Neill Center. And I got to, you know, take a class with him there and see him there. And he's, I mean, I can't say enough good things about him. He's just a, a very good guy. <laughs> and a great writer, for sure. And a great writer. <laughs> really, really great writer. And, and inspired me to just uh, write from wherever you are, you know. Groovy. Well, bef- before we go, uh, give our audience all of your social media information. If there's one place that they can go to where they can connect with everything, it would be great to mention that. Yeah, well, check out my website, uh, amyoes.com, um, and subscribe to my newsletter where you're, you'll get a bunch of my upcoming events. I'm performing uh, and Grateful uh quite a bunch uh, coming up too and um, I also you know can bring it to schools and things like that and lead detours workshops uh, just send me a note uh, through my website amyoes.com you can also see uh, my TEDx talks there and then on um, Facebook 
Uh, I'm on Facebook. I'm on Twitter at uh, AMYOES. I'm on Instagram for all my art. Uh, so I'm a little bit everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> now, I connected to your uh, website through your Facebook page. Okay, you so, can do that too. So that start there. Can, so people can start there and then go to your webpage, and that connects with lots and lots and lots of other great things, right? The knee bones connected to the thigh bone. <laughs> yeah, sounds good. <laughs> now I can see. Now, actually, now I can hear why you got the part of Nancy. <laughs> Even after being in a coma for three months, that was that was. That was lovely. That was a lovely little uh, two bars that you gave us there. <laughs> Why, thank you. <laughs> no, no, thank you. Well, Amy, you were uh, a sensational guest and um, uh, just like you. just like shed light on so many different things and, and opened my eyes and others' eyes. And um, um, you've had a really cool career. And I, wow, I, and you can't even see me. It's a podcast. I know. <laughs> I must be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think you're amazing. And again, I'm allowed to have my opinion. Of course. Okay. Of course. Okay. So, so, right, well, so you, thank you so much, John. Oh, it was my pleasure. You were terrific. And will you come back? Of course. Invite me. Okay. Groovy. You know, I will sometime in the future. For awesome. sure. Okay. Um, Sounds good to me. Oh, it's, it's, you were terrific. Um, at the end of each show, I like to give shout outs to current productions worth the recommendation. On tonight's episode, I'm going to step out of the off and off off Broadway box a little bit and recommend an actual Broadway show. Since I talked about getting Broadway tickets for lower prices here in New York, it's called the band's visit with a book by Itamar Moses and music and lyrics by David Yazbek. It stars Tony Shalhoub from TV's Monk and one of my two actress talent crushes, uh, Katrina Lank. My other one, I think I tip my hand, is Rachel Bay Jones. Um, but Katrina Lank, uh, who did a recent turn in Paula Vogel's Indecent, which uh, we just talked about, and um, she was terrific in that. And uh, that particular role netted her a 2017 Theater World Dorothy Luton uh, Award for Excellence. Now, this show had a sensational run off-Broadway. I didn't see it there because it was sold out and I couldn't get tickets. And I'm not, like, so super important that I – well, I'm not important in general. But I'm not so super important that I couldn't get somebody to get me tickets. So I had to wait till it went on Broadway, and I knew it was going to. But during that run, it won four Best Musical Awards of the Off-Broadway Variety, the OB, the Lucille Lortel, the Outer Critics Circle Award, and the New York Drama Critics Circle Award. The cast has racked up a multitude of awards and nominations as well. How cool is that? Now, I did see it a few nights ago, and wow, oh my god, it was so good. I loved it, you guys. Um, here's a little description. Now, after a mix-up, at the border, an Egyptian police band is sent to a remote village in the middle of the Israeli desert. With no bus until morning and no hotel in sight, these unlikely travelers are taken in by the locals. Under the spell of the desert sky, their lives become intertwined in the most unexpected ways. The band's visit celebrates the deeply human ways music longing and laughter can connect us all. Now... One of the many great things that this musical has going for it is its director, David Cromer, who was born and raised in and around the Chicago area. And as you guys know who listen, I work a lot in Chicago. Um, now, my husband David and I saw a majorly critically lauded production of Our Town 
that he directed out here in NYC. Um, it was completely stripped down with the actors wearing modern street clothes. It was also sort of flipped on its ear and delivered a new and relevant meaning to the whole piece with a completely surprising twist that I didn't see coming at all. Um, it's the only version of our town I've ever really liked. I hate saying that because I know that's classic, but I wasn't crazy about that show until now. And my husband, David, continues to rave about the show to this day. Also, David Cromer, um, the director, did a role in it. He played the, um, I forget the narrator character's name, but the, the, the narrator guy who narrates the whole entire thing. See, that's how much of I'm into of our town. Now, uh, Cromer has an incredible list of regional and off-Broadway work and awards. We actually met him after our town, and he was super nice and very down-to-earth. Um, he has this way of carving out the exact piece or pieces necessary to make the, the show work, uh, scene-wise, beat-wise, overall, and, and then doing away with the rest of it, and it works beautifully here. Um, it's, it's, I don't want to say it's minimalist. It's just very selective of what goes on up there. It's, it's incredible. The cast is superb. The technical team is right there with Cromer's vision. And the music is very beautiful and atmospheric in that it even teaches you a few things here and there in a very subtle way. Does it kind of like throw it at you? And I love that. The writing is impeccable, which is important to say here as there's quite a bit of book. Now, for those of you who are theater newbies listening to the show, the book are, in addition to being many other things, it's the scenes that are in between the songs. And typically you don't have a lot of that. This one has a little bit more than usual, but um, the scenes are poignant, funny, and crystal clear. Even when the actors veer from English, you get what's going on totally. It's playing at the Ethel Barrymore Theater on an open-ended run. Get tickets where and however you can. This show will be a hit. It's 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 so good. So there you oh, go. nice. Go, well, you definitely should see it, Amy. It's great. Oh, cool. And yeah, been, no, it looks, sounds amazing. Especially if you liked Indecent, uh, or if you loved Indecent, and you like Katrina Lank. I love her. So yeah, she's 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 the the actor who was on stage. She has kind of like a Marlena Dietrich kind of gravelly tone to her voice and oh, yeah. she's amazing i saw her uh like 10 years ago in a production of lovelace the rock opera where she played um the the porn star linda lovelace from deep throat she was fucking great in that so oh my god and I've, yeah no i'll have to check that out you're totally you'll, you'll absolutely love it well folks the proverbial 11 o'clock number has been sung and the bows have been taken so it's time to lower the curtain i'd like to thank my guest the amazingly talented amy ostriker thank you amy thank you for having me sean this is fun let's oh, do it good, again good cool that's 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 what i like to hear now you can find <laughs> more episodes of your program is your ticket at facebook.com backslash your program is your ticket I'm on Twitter at, at Program Ticket. The website is, you guessed it, yourprogrammasyourticket.com. And I'm on iTunes. Rate me, write me a review. I'm also on SoundCloud as well. And you can find footage of me interviewing presenters and winners at the 2017 New York Innovative Theater Awards on my YouTube channel, which I just created. Just search your program is your ticket, and there's a video there of me interviewing um, people like uh, Matthew Broderick and Charles Bush and lots of other cool uh, winners and presenters. So that's something new, and there's also a little outtake video there that's really fun. So there you go. Folks, take a little time to see a show this week, and don't forget to give a smaller show some love. There's a lot of great theater gems out there. Until our next show, good night, theater people, and Kurt.
Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.